Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Come to Your Senses podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through a lifestyle of embodiment. You'll hear gems to empower you around mindset, mindfulness, somatic psychology, and neuroscience, as well as beauty, food, style, and the art of slow living to meet your soul through the senses. I am so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Come to Your Senses. I am coming to you from the OG Come to Your Senses recording studio, my very own closet. For the last several months, you know that I've been on a tour of the U.S. looking at different cities to move to, and I am back in my house in Asheville, North Carolina. I felt moved to really use my own blender (laughs) and sleep in my own bed for the first time in almost seven months and see my people. And so I am coming to you live from the floor of my closet once again, and happy to be here with you to share a topic that has been by special request. Many of you have emailed us, and you are always welcome to email your special episode requests at hello at schoolofsensualliving.com. We'd love to hear from you. But many of people have emailed me asking for tips and instruction on the art of dating yourself. And so in my world, when it comes to developing a loving and quality relationship with yourself, we have two tools. I call it the feather duster and the wrench. The wrench is our shadow work. It's when we get in there deep and we resolve things from the past and we give those outdated beliefs a big fat tune-up. But too much reliance on that deeper, I like to call it kind of the stitching work of mending our wounds without balancing through a healing balm or after you have wrenched together, whatever it is, wrenches, wrenched together, dusted it off with a soft 
downy feather duster, it's just not a complete picture because the two are reliant on one another. If the work of returning to ourselves is arduous and dark and shadowy and intense 100% of the time, not only is it unpleasurable, but it's unsustainable. And I believe is not the full picture of growth. Because the point of any growth work is more love and more play and connection and a feeling of being relaxed in who you are. And I find that excessive navel-gazing, while useful when it is done intentionally, can also keep our eyes off of the beauty that is already here. And when clients come to me for coaching, it's usually because in some way they have become aware that they have lived their lives up until this point for someone else. And they are ready to begin returning, the work of returning to their own inner voice and their own desires and a life that feels like their own creation. But often when we are faced with time alone, after, let's say, a significant relationship has ended, or maybe you've advocated for working less hours and you get what you want, and then you're faced with all this time alone. Or maybe you've gone through a divorce and the kids are no longer in the house on the weekends. And what do you do? And that can be a scary hallway of mirrors when you have not had a quality experience of being in your own company. And the good news about that is that knowing yourself in this way and courting yourself during these times is a habit. The abandonment of oneself and one's desires is a learned behavior. And so the great news about that is that it's something that can be relearned and reimagined and redefined. And so I want you to notice where these words and how these words land on your skin. Courtship romance, intimacy, delight, deep breath, happiness, connection, cherish, adore. Are these words that you want to move towards, that you want to gravitate towards, that you want to have as not just a peak experience in the honeymoon phase with another person, but as an everyday experience of embodying the beauty that you are, then this episode is for you. So self-dating is a topic I know a lot about like a lot. (laughs) There have been many times in my life where I have wanted to hit the reset button after a significant relationship or after having a bad experience with relationships where I needed time, sometimes years, to reorient to my relationship to myself as being the sun in my universe, rather than someone or something else being that which I orbit around. 
And a thing that, and a practice that has really, really helped me with that is the practice of self-dating and not just, you know, I think of Maria Abramovich's exhibit, live performance exhibit, where she sat across from people for 14 hours a day without standing up. And sometimes it's like time alone can feel like that. (laughs) You're just staring at yourself and it's awkward. And taking yourself on dates and raising the vibration of romance and cherishing and sensuality and pleasure in your relationship to yourself can make that most important relationship in our lives, the relationship we have with ourselves, a bit more, shall we say, lubricated. And one thing to know about dating yourself or taking yourself out on dates or whatever it looks like for you is to expect awkwardness. You know, I remember when I started this practice many years ago and thinking this was right after my divorce and my marriage ended very suddenly and all of a sudden I was living alone and it was like, what even is going on? And, you know, on Friday nights, my husband and our friends, we would all go to this pizza bar and, you know, have drinks. And so I started taking myself to that bar by myself and having a pizza at the bar and reading a book. And I was anxious in the beginning because it was like, this feels effing weird and awkward and kind of sad. And That is the first thing that I want to tell you about self-dating is that if you go into the experience expecting it to be as fulfilling or as exciting and with as much novelty as going out on a date with another person that you're newly interested in, you will be disappointed because it's kind of like sitting down and expecting dark chocolate, but you get white chocolate. And the truth is, I mean, I know many people argue about this, but white chocolate is my personal favorite. White chocolate is a harmonious, delicious, sumptuous thing to have on your palate. It's just very different from dark chocolate. And so if you are an adventurer on the safari of self-dating, that is my first request of you is that you begin with a beginner's mind without expectations or conditions on the experience to be like any other experience you've ever had. And just like anything that we do repeatedly after the first time, that awkwardness and strangeness eventually begins to lessen. When I take myself out on dates and spend quality time with myself. One other thing that I think is really important to remember is that you are simply using this open space and open time to enjoy yourself. Do you ever notice that, let's say you go to a museum, we very rarely say, wow, I really enjoyed that museum. We say, I really enjoyed myself there. And so the intent of self-dating 
you know, sometimes can feel really disembodied when we're trying to check the boxes of getting ourselves chocolate and flowers and all these external symbols of romance or wearing the right slip for your at-home self-date or whatever it is. And I want to just remind you that the idea is having an embodied experience of enjoyment of yourself as yourself. And so the first gem around self-dating is that I would suggest for you to either think about or write out your dream date. And this is something that it may be helpful to research your Venus sign. So in astrology, we all have a Venus sign. And Venus is the planet of love and values and romance and attraction. And it's part of the template of our, it's basically our astrological love language. My Venus is in Leo. And so my dream date is being handed a plane ticket and being told we're leaving in 24 hours to go to Miami and stay at a luxury hotel and eat at beautiful restaurants for three days and be on the beach. And you have just enough time to pack your bikini and self-tan your little tush and get in that airplane. (laughs) And that would be, you know, because Venus in Leo, Leo is this sign of extravagance and pride and beauty and glamour. A lot of celebrities are Leo. And so that would be just kind of my dream date. For my friend Julie, for example, who is a triple Scorpio and has Venus in Scorpio, her dream date is going to be something a lot different. Her dream date is going to be much more of the 90% cacao variety, where Scorpio is the sign of transformation and the phoenix journey of rising from the ashes and the death rebirth experience. And so for Julie, reading deep mysterious, soulful poetry in bed, naked, is going to be her dream date. We've talked about this. I know this about her. Shout out to Julie Everett, founder of Ecstasy Academy, tantric sex coach, owner of the beautiful wellness center called Need and Seed in Sag Harbor, New York. Just a little plug in there for my best friend. And so whether you're an astrology fan or not, a useful place to begin is what is your template for romance and adoration and enjoyment? For example, I think of another friend who (laughs) would just love to go to a museum and look at like up close, like a hundred thousand times magnified photographs of insects. And so be mindful to not be caught in the limitations of the way that our capitalist culture defines romance and to understand your own romantic template by writing out some of the things that would be a part of your dream date. The next gem is while your dream date might be being whisked off to some magical location is to also consider What are some of those everyday things that bring you enjoyment? And so I sketched out a little list of my own. 
things that I do to bring myself on a date are I will go to a museum and I will leave my phone in the car and I will have two or three hours to dedicate to just wandering and being inspired and pausing to sit and read in my journal or sketch and just really allowing the art to seep into my cells. I also love to go to a restaurant, a fancy restaurant, and sit at the bar, especially early in the night before it gets too crowded. And I will order whatever I want off of the menu, typically a three-course meal. I love kind of spoiling myself with an appetizer, a main course, a dessert. And I used to get a cocktail, but now I get a mocktail. I love going into a bookstore without my wallet. With my wallet, I will go into the agonizing place of, God, I already have so many books. I shouldn't buy more, but I really want this one. And so going into especially an older bookstore, a used bookstore, or a niche bookstore, like a feminist bookstore, something local, really tickles my fancy and my need for intellectual stimulation. And of course, my wallet is in the car so I can go back in and buy a book if I really want it. Another thing that I really enjoy is getting a massage or getting some sort of body work and then taking myself out to a favorite cafe for a cup of tea or coffee. And again, no phone, just bringing my journal or a book and allowing myself to linger and digest the experience of the massage. I love going to art films. I will go to art films and independent films any night of the week. And I also think independent film houses are just such a national treasure, and I love supporting them. And they just teem with charm and romance. One of my core rituals is having a living room picnic and you can read more about that in my book, Sacred Seduction, which was written by my former burlesque persona, Kitty Cavalier, which is all about essentially how to have a really romantic, really beautiful date with yourself or with another in your own living room. And then finally, beauty is a gorgeous way to spend quality time with yourself. So recently I was house sitting and my friend had some lovely spa products that she invited me to use. And I used like three towels <laughs> and I used a bunch of spa products. I gave me myself a body scrub and a face mask. And afterwards, I just lavished my body in this beautiful body cream and went into the refrigerator and got a big bowl of fresh strawberries and wrapped myself in a linen blanket as though it were a sarong. And I got in their big bed and I turned on Netflix and I was just happy as a clam. It was honestly one of the most sweet and special moments. I'll post a picture of it in the show notes uh, from this episode. And then finally, you know, something that feels very arduous to me in the lead up but that I absolutely love the result of is my decorating projects. And so, for example, I am desiring to create a wall in my hallway of all of my desires and basically create a gallery wall, which is kind of a pain in the ass to create. 
And if I'm like, oh, I have to create that gallery wall on like a Saturday afternoon, it doesn't feel enjoyable. But if I make a date out of it and kind of like having a mise en place, I make sure I lay out all of my tools, like my level and my pencil and my frames and my mats, and I curate the photographs and I order myself my favorite takeout then it becomes a quality experience. And so that is another jewel or gem is that when it comes to dating ourselves, you know, really anything can be like a date or a romantic gesture when it is done with intention. And so something you may have heard me talk about on the podcast before is anticipatory care where you anticipate the needs of your future self and you take care of your future self. And an example of this would be setting up the coffee maker the night before so that you have fresh coffee upon awakening. And you might do this every night and it's like a chore of something you have to remember before you go to bed. But with just a simple shift in mindset of, I'm going to take care of you, sweetheart. I love you so much and I want you to have all the ease and pleasure in the world. So I am going to set up this coffee maker so that when you awaken, the first thing to fill your nostrils is this gorgeous Guatemalan dark roast because you deserve it. (laughs) You know, talking to yourself in that way while you're setting up the coffee maker is a lot different than, oh, I have to be up so early tomorrow. And so a simple shift in mindset can help increase the loving frequency of your actions. And then the last gem I have to share with you on this topic is that I think dating myself is not just about the time that I spend with myself, but I include friends because I'd go on double dates if I was dating someone And so my ultimate self-care, my ultimate luxury is to go on short weekend vacations with girlfriends. I will also enroll my friends in erotic adventures. So for example, this past Valentine's Day, my friend Julie and I, who I mentioned just a moment ago, sent each other Valentine's fantasies of if I were to create a Valentine's ritual for you with all of the accoutrement and superpowers in the world. This is what it would look like. And oh my goodness, it was, you know, because it's like your girlfriends love you in a way that partners, intimate partners may never understand. Like there is a quality of intimacy in my inner world and my secret self that I share with my best friend that I just simply don't always share with my partner or where they don't fully understand it. And so having the lavish attention of a best friend who knows all the nooks and crannies of my being and what I love and who can shower me with a vision of exactly how I want to be loved and delighted is just so special and so satisfying. Another Valentine's caper that I went on with another best friend named Julie was we went to Tea and Sympathy in New York City 
on Valentine's Day morning for heart-shaped scones and hibiscus tea, pink tea. And I brought Valentine's cards with me. And there were two men sitting next to us. I believe they were a couple. And we wrote, we were chatting with them about Valentine's Day and we learned their names and we wrote them secret Valentines and we slipped them in their pockets as they were leaving. And it is an experience I will never forget. I'll include a photo of that afternoon in the show notes as well. It was so charming. And so a quote I would love to leave you with on your journey of self-dating from West Sheridan is, we were together. I forget the rest. I wish you so many blessings and so much charm in this adventure of getting to know yourself in this unique way. And if you are entering a new chapter, reinventing yourself, and you desire support and some steering in that process, please head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching to join the waitlist for Embodied Intelligence Coaching. This was such a delightful truffle of an episode to record for you. If you enjoyed it, I would be so honored if you would leave a review on iTunes. And thank you so much for listening. See you next time. coaching classes and community in creating a lifestyle of embodiment, head to schoolofsensualliving.com. There you'll find a free video series on how to reduce anxiety and intercept the stress response through powerful, confident body language. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence to watch your first video today.